And uh, he edifies the church and really does work and walk in the Holy Ghost. No stranger to us. Uh, but I want to tell you, he's also, his family's also an encouragement to my wife and I. And just in general, uh, you just, you just got to get friends that just love the Word of God. If you've got friends that all they know is the latest stat of the latest sports team, hey, that's fine if you want to do that. But I, I chose, I want friends that, that can quote me scripture. <laughs> Those are the kind of friends that are going to keep you lifted up when you're feeling down. Those are the kind of people that are going to pray you out of a mess. Hallelujah. Brother Poindexter, we want you to come take your liberty and just follow the Holy Ghost, whatever God wants, we want it. Amen. Yeah, let's clap our hands unto the Lord. Oh, what a wonderful God. Can we lift up our hands and our voices unto the King of Kings tonight? Oh, for there's no other king like our king. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we love you forever, Lord Jesus. Anybody love him forever tonight? God, I'm in the stain for the long haul. Come on, all through the house, let the love of God saturate your mind. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Oh, come on, let's walk down that road of praise and worship right now. Lord, I cast all of my cares upon you. Come on and love him, Lord. I thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a father. Thank you for being a counselor. Somebody just love him right now. Thank you, God, for always being there, even in the shadows. I wonder if we can turn this into just a little mini prayer meeting for just several moments. There's something about prayer that the Lord delights in. There's something about the sound of the voice. Lord, I come to love you. Lord, I've come on a Wednesday night to remind you, God, that I'm still going to do my best to be faithful. Oh, hallelujah, though I fall, I will get up again. Rejoice not against me, O oh, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall arise. And though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light unto me. Oh, come on, I can feel the presence of the Ancient of Days in the house. Oh, I can feel him in the house. Come on. Somebody wrap your arms around the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I desire more of you, God. I need more of you. I hunger and I thirst. Come on, that divine spirit of the ages is in the place right now. Come on, that divine, powerful, almighty God is in the house. Hallelujah. Somebody reach out and touch the hem of his garment. Come on, somebody reach out and touch the border of his wings right now. Hallelujah, there's healing here. Come on, there's strength in the place. There's strength in the hands of the mighty hand of God. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. If you need healing in your body, why don't you just lift up your hand and trust God and say, God, I'm trusting you, Lord, for that relief. I'm trusting you, Lord. I, I believe in you. I believe in your power. God, send forth your healing spirit in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just love him, church. Just love him. Amen. He's got the whole world in his hands. He controls the tomorrows. We don't know what's going to happen on the morrow, but God knows. Hallelujah. There's not one thing we can do but just trust him. 
Hallelujah. He's had it all under control for a very long time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just trust him right now. Come on, let the Spirit of the Lord saturate your mind. God, speak to me, Lord. Come on, this is divine. Come on, this is where the Spirit of God touches the earth tonight. This is where hearts are changed. This is where chains are broken. Come on, this is where miracles take place. This is where the miraculous happens, where the impossible begins to transpire in the house of the Lord. You are in the right place. The coordinates have been set tonight. You are on location. God is here. His word is here. His faith is here. His power is here. His blood is here. Come on, somebody's at the right place. I said at the at the right time. Come on, blind Bartimaeus, you're at the right place at the right time. Amen. The one that split up the Red Sea is walking through the aisles tonight. Come on, somebody grab a hold of his hand. Hallelujah. Somebody grab a hold of his hand by faith and say, God, I'm not going to let you go. Come on, some of you have been wrestling with the angel. Amen. Don't let go until he blesses you. Amen. Come on, come on. Tonight is the night everything changes. Amen. I feel the spirit of faith in the place. Tonight is the night everything begins to adjust. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands and give God a thanksgiving, a praise. Say thank you, Lord. Come on, anybody thankful? Come on, anybody got to shout right now in the name of Jesus? Come on, anybody got a shout of victory? Praise the Lord. Hey Amen. I had some friends come to church one time, and they said, y'all shout too much. I said, what? I said, y'all shout too much. I said, well, you know, the Lord's coming back with a shout. We're just warming up. I said, man, you ain't heard nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I'm ready. I want him to come back. I want to be ready when he returns. How many believes he's still coming? Praise the Lord. Amen. The book of Leviticus, amen, chapter 14. Praise the name of the Lord. So thankful and delighted to be here. I want to say... Uh, what a delight some time it's been to uh, minister together with you in the spirit. It's been wonderful. It's been replenishing to my spirit to see and feel the hunger uh, that ARC has. It, is, it emanates in the spiritual realm. Amen. It makes it very easy to preach uh, when people are hungry for the word of the Lord. Amen. And uh, I want to say how proud I am and just privileged to be with your pastor and your pastor's wife. I love them very much. Amen. Amen. I uh, reminded just of those times that we started evangelizing together. Amen. We didn't have nowhere to preach. And, uh, man, a lot of uh, Saturday night blues. Praise the Lord. And, uh, and uh, now I look at him, man, he's preaching and he wanted to come and preach here and preach there and Amen. I thought about asking for a few of his appointments. Amen. Let me go take care of those. Praise God. Amen. But uh, it's wonderful, wonderful. Some of the young men, amen, and uh, hanging out with them and, and just uh, vicariously living through them again, just wanting to do a work for God and 
see the hunger and the anointing and the potential on these young men's lives and tell you what, it's a splendid, it's a splendid thought to know that, amen, there's generations coming up that hunger for this God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Leviticus chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Amen. Leviticus chapter 14. And uh, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest shall look. Behold, if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Focusing on verse 4. Then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds. Everybody say two birds. Two birds alive and clean. And cedar, wood, scarlet, and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds, somebody say Jesus. The priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. That remind you about somebody in the Bible. As for the living bird, he shall take it in the cedar wood, just like the cross. And the scarlet, like the blood of Jesus, and the hyssop, that cleansing power, and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and shall pronounce him clean, and shall let the living bird loose. I love this. Loose. In the open field. Some of you get what I'm talking about. You get this abstract wonder and this painting of beauty of Jesus on the cross. We were, we were that leper. Amen. We was that other bird. But now we're free in an open field. Dipped in the blood of Jesus cleansed, washed, sanctified. You ready for this one? Guilt free. That's what I want to preach on tonight. Somebody say guilt free. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the love of God. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the truth that always reigns and dominates as supreme. Clap your hands in the name of the Lord. Somebody say, I'm guilt-free. Come on, one more time. That sounds too good. Say, I'm guilt-free. Jesus, clap your hands. You may be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll never forget the time in high school taking uh, English composition, some college courses in high school, and I remember the workload got a little intense. It was a little bit expanded, extended learning for high school at the normal rate. I remember uh, going to lunch. I had this, this English class 
uh, right in the middle of class, we had lunch. And, uh, you know, English and reading is the worst time to have lunch. I would come back from class, and that was a, seemed like a good time for me to take a nap. Praise God. And uh, many, many times coming back from lunch in this English class and trying to get my mind back together and uh, shake off the, the sleepiness and uh, hopefully get an A to pass the class. Praise God. I'll never forget coming back one day from lunch, and there was some new material on the desk, and I saw man in the English textbook, his fist was balled up, he stood behind the pulpit, his eyes were fiery red, his anger was somewhat uh, inflamed, his brow was brazing, the contortion on his face was clearly visible, that he was upset and that he was somewhat disgusted uh, with whomever he was speaking to looked at his eyes that were a flame of fire. I looked at that old black and white puritanical dress. I saw this preacher preaching. It caught my attention because I had never seen anything like that in the English book. And I looked at the title, and the title was by an old preacher by the name of Jonathan Edwards. The title of the message was called Sinners in the hands of an angry God. Uh, it piqued my interest. I remember reading just some small fragments of this message, disclosing the anger and the disgust with God that he has for a wicked generation. I looked at sentences and paragraphs about how God's judgment, pending danger and torture of hell, fire, and brimstone would imminently be put upon these wicked doers and these uh, wicked practitioners. I, I picked my, it piqued my interest so much. I went home and I began to study who this preacher was and try to find out if this was a fictional character or nonfiction. And I found out that it really happened, and history says that it was one of the most uh, powerful messages uh, that was ever preached. And he preached about sin, and he preached about sinners in the hands of, a, of an angry, frustrated, irritated God, a God that was soon to leap upon them with judgment and with punishment. I read the stories, I heard the tapes about how people wailed in the middle of those services and how uh, they literally gripped the horns of the altar in fear of this God that was soon to pronounce pain upon them for all eternity. And I remember studying it and I remember reading about it and uh, it was exhilarating. It was fascinating to know uh, that there were preachers preaching back in those days. But Amen. I, I, I had a problem because I, I began to read about this God in the Bible. And, and I began to see scriptures like Psalm 89 and verse 6, I believe it was, or Psalm 86 and verse 5. And scriptures that say God is slow to anger and that he is rich in mercy and that he is ready to forgive. 
Amen. I don't know what type of God you believe in today. You, you may believe in a God and sinners in the hands of an angry God, but I've come to preach we are sinners in the hands of a merciful God. We are. Come on, somebody give God praise. If it wasn't for his mercy, if it wasn't for his patience, if it wasn't for the compassion, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, you may be seated. If it wasn't for that mercy, where would we be? David said he is a God that is ready to pardon. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 9, he said God is ready to pardon. Uh, even though they are rebellious, uh, even though they don't have it all together, he's still rich in mercy and he's still. Hallelujah. Sin is in the hands of a, of a merciful God. I, I had a problem because I, I began to look through the pages of this book, and yea, God does bring punishment uh, to the wicked doers. But he said, I have no pleasure, amen, in the death of the wicked. Amen. I've come to, I've come to battle a stronghold in your mind, amen, that we are fear-driven. We look at God like God is irritated with us every day. I've come to tell you the devil is a liar. That God has pronounced us as clean in his sight. Clap your hands unto the Lord. I'm going somewhere. You, I'm going somewhere, friend. I'm, I'm about to. I'm coming in contact with a stronghold trying to penetrate the minds of this apostolic generation. Amen. There are those that are trying to preach a God that is ready to slam his fist upon you every mistake you make. There are those trying to teach a God that is irritated and angry. But I've come to preach a God that is full of compassion tonight. Amen. You may be seated. It, it comes and it, it wakes up and resurrects itself from that Old Testament law. Amen. That Old Testament law. Uh, Paul picked up his pen and he began to write to an apostolic church. And he said, it is the letter that kills. It was that old, unsatisfiable law of the Old Testament. No man was perfect enough. No man was clean enough. No man was strong enough to satisfy the law. And the law looked at humankind and it said, you're guilty and you're blameful and you're unclean. God was trying to prove a point that no matter how much you try, you're going to always need to depend upon his spirit for profession. That old law, it was over 600 laws, ceremonial laws and rituals and sacrifices, the do's and the do nots, so rigid, so Fierce were those laws that if you worked on the Sabbath day, we were going to stone you. Unsatisfiable, that old law, that 
that old requirement of obedience. No man was good enough. No man was perfect enough. Oh, every time you look around over 150 times, the word unclean is in your Bible. 190 times unclean. Amen. Things that we couldn't even control. If a woman had a baby boy, seven days she was unclean. The law looked at natural things. You're still unclean. Even when you're trying to do right, there was a residue of blame on the people of God. There was a hardness. Amen. There was a rigidness. There was a shameful feeling of condemnation and guilt upon the people of God. You ready for this? And they begin to emanate it and they begin to push it on one another. And if we're not careful, in this modern-day apostolic church, uh, in this modern-day pilgrim journey, amen, we will look at God uh, like God is pronouncing guilt uh, and condemnation upon us, uh, and we will look at one another, and we'll say, guilty, guilty, guilty. Paul said you got to be careful lest you bite and devour one another. The danger is, is if you don't get the revelation that the blood of Jesus Christ at baptism washed you and cleansed you and pronounced you guiltless. We're not careful. If we don't get that revelation, we'll put the same harsh judgment on everybody else because we feel guilty and condemned. So we'll put guilt and condemnation on everybody else. Let them make a mistake. Watch the church rise up against them. Unforgiving. Watch the church rise up against them. Impatient. Amen. But God said, no, you're guiltless when you confess your sins and get baptized in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm, I'm treading on waters because, oh, You know, Leviticus, I believe it's chapter 5 and verse 17. This is the image of the Old Testament law. Amen. Moses picked up that pen and began to write. Amen. He said, if any soul sins, amen, and if he commits any of these things, amen, that goes against the commandments of the Lord, if he commits any of these sins, he says, though he knows it not, he still guilty and he shall bear his iniquity law was hard it was unforgiving unmovable and it was unshakable amen that that old residue of condemnation dwelt upon the shoulders of the jews it dwelt upon the shoulders of those hebrew israelites when they laid down at night the law since it's still unclean you're not good enough and you're not spiritual enough and it began to spread on all of them such a hard people such a tough people. You got to do right. You got to straighten up. You got to dress right. You got to talk right at all times, at all moments. You've got to be perfect because that's what the law says. But nobody could do that. Amen. Nobody could do that. Romans chapter 3 verse 19, Paul begins to tell us about the law. And he says, for whatsoever things that the law saith, it says to those that are, ready for this, under the law. 
as the law looks down upon you. And he says, oh yeah, that law, amen, has to stop everybody's mouth. And he says, in all the world will be called, amen, unclean. All the world will be called guilty before God. Truth of the matter is, is those that have not repented and been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost are still under the punishment and judgment of the Old Testament law. Are you ready for this? Nobody can appease that law. Amen. Nobody was good enough for that. And so they walked around with a feeling of guilt upon them. A feeling of shame. I'm not good enough. And if we are not careful, if we don't, if we don't get that revelation of what Jesus did on that cross, friend, we were never good enough. But by the blood of Jesus, He made you good enough. He made you good enough. Oh, hallelujah! Amen. I'm telling you, it's a, it's a, it's a hard law. Praise God. Man, James chapter 2 verse 10 listen to James who was a Hebrew you know what he said for whosoever keepeth the whole law yet offends in one point he's guilty of all of it you may not even be a, a murderer you might tell one lie but now you're guilty just as an adulterer and a murderer that's how hard the law was it got on the Pharisees, and, and they became judgmental, and, and they became critical, and they criticized everybody. They criticized the sinners, and they criticized John the Baptist, and they criticized Jesus, and they were criticizing everybody. Why? Because they hadn't got a revelation that my goodness is not in me. It's only good by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm only good because he said I'm good. I'm telling you. We're not careful. We'll, we'll wake up and, man, we won't pray because, you know, we're just human. Don't ever apologize for being human. There's going to be days you don't wake up and pray. Don't walk to work shaking your head saying, I'm such a, I'm such a sloth. I'm, I'm such a bum. I'm, 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 such a, I'm so carnal. You know why? Because you'll start putting that on everybody else. Got to say, God, your grace is good enough. I'm going to try better tomorrow. Pick your head up and rejoice in the blessings of God. Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. The Bible says that the accuser of the brethren has been cast down, which accused our brethren before God day and night. The word accused there is a, one who has a complaint, a plaintiff, a prosecuting attorney. I'll never forget we had an old prophet years ago stop by the church, and he was preaching, stepped to the pulpit that night and said, Church, I had a vision tonight. He said, In that vision I was praying, and I walked into this room. It was a study, and I looked, and I saw a lawyer sitting at the desk studying law books. And I thought, how interesting. And he said, when he got to that lawyer, he looked and he looked around and he realized that it was Lucifer dressed up like a lawyer studying the Bible. Because he looks for offense. He looks at the law and says, you're no good. 
and he accuses you before God. He says, oh, you're no good. Amen. You're not spiritual enough. I'm talking to people right now. Amen. You're going to wake up tomorrow and the first words you're going to speak in that mirror is I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I don't read my Bible enough. Let me tell you something. Amen. Man in his best state is altogether vanity. It's all by the blood of the lamb, folks. It's all by that cleansing blood. It's all by, that's why I'm guiltless. Amen. That's why I'm, because it's by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. That word confess means to acknowledge. Hallelujah. What a God. What a Savior. Man, I look how Jesus, God incarnate come. Without blemish, perfection, full of mercy and grace. God manifest in the flesh. The one, the master of the ages. Master of all the universe. Amen. Mark 14, 24, they looked at Jesus and they said, you heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they all condemned him and said he's guilty of death. We're talking about Jesus. The law was so hard, it reached out even and it grabbed God by the collar and said, even you are guilty. That's how, that's how condemning that law was. And if we're not careful, we'll look at God that way. That he's ready to pounce on our every mistake. You can't enjoy God like that. I'm talking, I'm talking to the church triumphant right now because when people make a mistake, everybody goes haywire and people raise up their rocks ready to stone an individual. Let somebody have a bad day and a bad attitude. Let, let me, what, let, let's, I'm, I'm preaching. Let somebody just have an off day. Just let somebody just not have it all together and watch all the righteous laws step up. You should have did this, and you should have did that. And I'm not giving no license to sin. You know that I'm preaching. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about we are human, and we're all in this thing together. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. You know what David said? David said, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He ain't done working on me. Amen. God don't need you trying to work on everybody. You ever, you ever been trying to work on something and a little kid keeps getting in the way? God says, no, this is my child. I'm working on him. He don't need you getting tools and little brushes and trying to detail everybody and critique everybody and get everybody just right. That's God's work. I've seen people destroyed. Because the church wouldn't let them be guilt-free. 
And I'm, when I'm, we're in this thing together, one of the best things my pastor ever did for me was have patience with me. When they could have judged me, David, Psalm 51, he committed adultery and he committed murder. And the first words out of his mouth was, God, please blot out my transgression. Verse 7 says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. The Lord's still working on that with me, praise God. why he put me in Montana, praise God. <laughs> Tell you something. Everybody was ready to stone Aiken, wasn't they? You know what I find amazing? I had a preacher tell me, you better not preach this. I find it amazing that Moses made a mistake, David made a mistake, but Aiken didn't even have an intercessor. This was a man that helped them fight battles. This was a man to help him fight devils. This was a man who walked around the walls of Jericho. He was one of us, and he didn't have an intercessor. Everybody was ready to stone his family. Why? Because the law was hard. And there was that shame of guilt on everybody. Man, they couldn't take it. We got to release it on somebody. And if you're not careful, if you don't get that revelation that the blood of Jesus cleanses us and it washes us, amen, you don't have to be guilt, guilt, shame, and full of condemnation. You can be guilt-free. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. First John 2, 1. Amen. My little children, I write unto thee. I love this. He said, I'm writing unto you. He said, that you sin not. He said, but if any man sin, he said, we have an advocate. We have a paracletos. We've got a lawyer in the courtroom. If any man sin, we've got an advocate. We've got an intercessor. Amen. What are you talking about? And the next verse says, it, Jesus Christ is our atonement and propitiation. And he says, and not for our sins only, but the sins of the whole world. Do you understand how powerful the blood of Jesus is? Do you understand why he gave you his blood? And so you can be without shame. And so you can be without guilt. And so you can be full of hope tonight hallelujah I'm telling you I'm, 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 I'm in this vein because I know, I know what it's like when that judgmental spirit gets on everybody in the church and because everybody's feeling guilty just that residue just that it's called condemnation amen it's called punishment Romans 8 1 amen there's therefore now no condemnation people walking around just feeling guilty you know why it's a work of the devil it's a work of the enemy he's the accuser and he's saying you're guilty you're guilty you're not good enough you made too many mistakes and the blood is saying no you're free you're washed you're cleansed amen you're guilt free come on you're washed walk in the inheritance walk in the blessings of God walk Man, what a God. See, people don't want to preach Isaiah 43, 25, God. When he said, I, even I, am he that blotteth out your transgressions. Get around some circles, brother, it's all judgment. It's all judgment. God's hanging, sinners in the hands of an angry God. 
Jesus didn't seem angry when he left. Go forth in all the world, teach. Go win souls. Tell them about the good news. You know, it ain't good news knowing that God's about to harp on you and cut your head off. That ain't good news. You know what's good news? Is that God forgives and that God is patient and that God is merciful because I'm a man full of mistakes. I'm a human man. I know that what dwells in me dwelleth no good thing. He said, watch it now. He said, and I will remember their sins no more. Hear me. If God forgets sins, I think churches ought to forget sins. Amen. If God forgets. See, Paul picked it up in Hebrews chapter 8 and he said these things. He said this. He said, he said, I am a God that will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And to their sins and their iniquities, I will remember them no more. It's a hard pill to swallow in our day. You know, because we, we got levels, you know, first base sins. You know, that's first base. But, man, you got people who hit home run sins. You're like, oh, don't talk to her. Come on. Don't talk to him. Let him suffer a while. Let them grovel in the pit. Now, I'm not talking about, man, you know, people are going to repent, but watch, God is going to deal with them. It's time for us to depend upon the Spirit to work on people and the pastor. Praise God. I'm almost done. I'm telling you, the best thing Jesus could have ever done for us. You know what he did? Matthew 26, 28. He looked at his disciples. He said, this is my blood. He said, this is my blood. You ready for this? Of the New Testament. That means this is my blood of the new law. See, the Old Testament, the old law was the blood of bulls and goats. And that blood cried, die, guilty, guilty, guilty. And Jesus said, I've got some new blood coming. Man, he said, he said, I've got some new blood coming. You ready for this? And he said, it is shed for many for the remission of sins. You know why the devil don't want people to get baptized in Jesus' name? See, because that blood, that, that cleansing detergent that comes through the name of Jesus Christ sits upon the life of the individual that gets baptized in Jesus' name. And there was a permanent covenant of the blood of Jesus Christ that is available to that man or that woman. And the devil doesn't like it because from that point on, when they sin and if they sin, it doesn't give us a license to sin. But once again, God knows you're human. God knows you're not perfect. He said that is the time you are able to come boldly to the throne of grace and let us find help, need, mercy in the time of need because it was that mercy seat. See, they might have lost the ark, but they didn't lose the mercy seat. I thought it was ironic that God spoke to Moses, and you know what he said? I'm, he said, I'm going to meet you at the mercy seat. Moses, 
You ain't in the hands of an angry God. He said, I'll meet you at the mercy seat. You're in the hands of a merciful God. Amen. So stand to our feet. Anybody thankful for his mercy? I'm, I'm, I'm th anybody thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ? Amen. Anybody thankful for that cleansing flow, that, that cleansing blood that washes? He said, man, there's some things that the Lord has forgotten. There's some things that the Lord has washed away. There's some things that the Lord, amen, has cleansed us from. There's some things that the Lord, amen, has cleansed us. And there's some things that the Lord has washed us from. Anybody thankful that God has washed you? Come on, anybody thankful? that God has purified you and such were some of you. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give God praise. We got it. The church has got to get this. I'm not just talking to ARC. You know, I'll never forget. Sister Johnson, Brother Johnson, I'll never forget. About a year and a half ago, I had a dream. I'll never forget, it changed my life. I had a dream that I was at a conference, something, something, something similar. It was a powerful conference. And in this conference, there were backsliders praying through and people that had left the church and people that had, man, they just, just made a, just made the, a folly out of their lives. Now, I remember in this conference, people were praying through and and I ran into an old sister of mine who had so much potential on her life and, and so much power and anointing at one time that would pray and fast. And, and I looked at the, the scars of needles on her body and, and I looked at those holes in her eyes and, and I looked at her cut hair and I looked at all just the, the ways and the rampage of the world had been on her. I seen the residue of drugs and alcohol and failed relationships that I've seen so many times and, and I watched her tear-stained face in this dream as hope had came back into her spirit she had prayed through I feel the Holy Ghost and God had got a hold of her life and he had forgiven her and he didn't charge it to her account she was still standing there in her worldly attire and her worldly apparel just just innocent just a babe in Christ and, and man and I remember talking to her saying hey just remember to pray. She smiled. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray. And I said, that's it. And I took steps back. I was getting ready to turn. And as I turned, I watched this staunch, Pentecostal, perfect woman, dressed perfect, right perfect, just everything to the T. And I watched her scowl at this young lady. And I watched her begin to point at everything wrong. And she began to criticize her. And I watched the, I watched the hope and the truth just drained out of her spirit and her shoulders caved in and she walked out and said there's no use I'm going to tell you something I'm going to tell the Pentecostal church something this is God's church bro I don't know and I know I'm, I'll preach this message again somewhere you better believe I will because brother if we don't get a revelation of what Jesus did on the cross and how we were that bird, amen, that was dipped in that blood 
amen, while that other bird died, we were dipped in his blood in the cedar wood of the cross and the cleansing detergent of that hyssop. And now we are free in a field. Amen. Now we can flap our wings. And now, brother, we can go to higher places. Amen. I'm telling you, this thing's for everybody. It's for the backslider. Come on, it's for the saint that's trying to get it together. Amen. It's for the sinner that's stumbling. Amen. This forgiveness, this blood of Jesus is for everybody. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this revelation, you know what it's going to do? Brother, I'm, and I'm talking from experience. Listen to this preacher. Brother, I've got Bible studies because I was so guilt-ridden in condemnation. I began to put it on babes in Christ. You know what I did? I ushered them right out of church because I put too much on them. I'm telling you, and we've got to be a people that knows we are guilt-free. Not perfect, not licensed to sin, but guilt-free by the cleansing blood of Jesus. And you know what we can do now? I can have mercy on my brother. I can have patience on my brother. And he may not have it all together. Walk with me. He ain't going to have it all together. He's going to make mistakes but he's still my brother. We're just two birds flying in a field, covered in the blood, washed by the hyssop, washed in the cedar wood. Amen. And you know what Jesus said? That's a church I can send people to. Uh, yeah, I, I, I step. That's the church I can send people to because that's a church that's in alignment with my cross that's in alignment with my blood that's in alignment with my forgiveness lift your hands guilt free right now hallelujah 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 you know I want you to grab somebody I want you to walk down to this altar I want you to grab them by the hand and that's that other bird that died for you right there. Come on, that's that other bird. Oh, well, thank God. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the patience of God. Sinners in the hands of a patient God. You ought to shout it to the rooftops. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you, Lord, for having mercy. Thank you, Lord, for having patience. Thank you, Lord, for having that tender, loving kindness on my life. As they begin to sing, I want you to relish in the forgiveness of God. Come on, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. If you acknowledge those sins, oh, there's a blood that flows from the cross. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. I said the free, the free spirit of God is in this place. Come on. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for Calvary. Yeah, yeah, it's moving. Revival's moving in this. He's washing you. He's washing you. He's 
making you over. He's renewing your family. He's bringing the backslider back. Come on, when he brings them back.
Holy Ghost a favor right now. I want you to find somebody to pray with. Come on, I want you to find somebody to pray with and I want you to pray. Say, Lord, let them get a deeper revelation of the blood. God, let them, let them, let them relish. Oh, that's why they had a problem with Jesus. That's why they had a problem with Jesus. He was too merciful. He came up. Come on, there's, a, there's some healing taking place right now. There's some healing taking place right now. She korobosatanaba. In the name of Jesus. Come on, there's a cleansing flow. There's a cleansing flow right now. Bless him, Lord. Use him mightily. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 